0: welcome to in strange company i'm your host marcus strange i believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves on this podcast i sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people my guests and i share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to In Strange Company. I am very excited to sit down with my guest today. I met her on Facebook. We were part of the same uh, podcaster networking group. And I don't remember who approached who first. Probably doesn't matter. But we just started messaging back and forth. And we stayed in contact now for a while. Uh, My guest is Meredith Hackwith-Edwards. Hey, I did that pretty good. Nailed it. I I am proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) If you are not familiar with Meredith, you need to go look her up. She is an incredible person. Um, She describes herself as an extroverted introvert, which I'm excited to talk to her about. Um, She says that uh, God help you if you sit by her on a plane Given that we've been chatting for half an hour now, I think we would be just fine. Um, she is a leader in direct sales uh, marketing for two decades, a part-time model, and just an all-around cool human. Meredith, welcome to In Strange Company.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that we were able to do this. This is awesome. I love uh, that COVID is allowing us to meet new people. Um, And I just just can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit down with me today.
1: Totally. I feel like I'm mind traveling to Montana right now. And that's making me very excited.
0: Oh, everybody should mind travel to Montana. It is the place to be. Um,
1: I think you need to visit Florida, too. I'm just, you know, I got to give a plug for my actual where I live. But yeah, Montana was breathtaking. And I think it's still cold there, though. It's pretty warm here.
0: You know, it's it's starting to warm up, but we had snow yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. So I think you're winning.
1: Yeah, I'm not about that life. Growing up in Nebraska, I am super over the snow situation. It's fun until you have responsibilities. And then you're like, you know what? I'm over this. <laughs> so exactly. I'm good. You get the snow, I'll visit in the summer.
0: Well, fill in some of the blanks. I did. Um, I, I hope I did you justice, but you're like, you have so much experience. You've done so many cool things. Um, Obviously, you're from Nebraska. What else should people know about you?
1: Yeah. Grew up in Nebraska. um, Soccer player, all-around athlete, um, animal lover, love the ocean. I surf. um, I speak Spanish. I used to be a sign language interpreter. I feel like I've lived a lot of lives. Um, Mm. I'm kind of the person that, you know, when you're a kid and and (laughs) someone asks you, what do you want to be when you grow up and you have five (laughs) answers and none of those five things work with the other things. Like you want to be a garbage man, ballerina, artist, musician, whatever. And none of it coordinates with the other thing. Yeah. I never grew out of that, which means I am meant to be an actor. (laughs) So, um, so I am also, uh, actually signed with a couple of agencies, one here in Florida and one in Ohio. And, uh, Get to get to go and pretend to be somebody else's mom and wife and get paid for. It's super weird, but kind of fun.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. And I wish I had hit on the or sorry, not the model, the actor thing, because I was the same way. There were so many different things I wanted to do as a kid, and there was so much pressure to pick the one thing. So I picked attorney and obviously that didn't work out. (laughs) But yours sounds like a whole heck of a lot more fun than being an attorney.
1: Yeah, it probably is. And it's not too late for you. You could still be a model actor. There is actually a very, at least here, a shortage of um, men in their 30s who are available and willing to do jobs like that. So um, I usually, up until recently, would get the same quote unquote, husband, set husband, <laughs> he was the only one available and they liked the way that we looked together or something. So yeah, there's definitely like a shortage of, uh, you know, 30 year old men willing to frolic and on camera, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been told I'm a good frolicker, so maybe I need to move to Florida.
1: There you go. And on your acting resume, you better put can frolic well.
0: <laughs> expert frolicker is going expert to be frolicker. the top.
1: I have sarcasm on my acting resume because um it's so ridiculous anyway. I'm like, why not put even more? I put child whisperer and sarcasm as uh, miscellaneous talents.
0: Okay. I love that you are going down this path because this is one of the things I'm super passionate about is resumes. What is your, if you had to give someone who is just entering the job market, your number one resume piece of advice, what would it be?
1: For the job market? Like the regular, I want an office job?
0: They They just graduated from high school or maybe college. They've never had a job before. Like, What can someone do to set their resume apart? Because I look at a lot of resumes as part of my job and Mm. I'm tired of looking at horrible resumes. So help us, Meredith. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know if you want advice from the girl who's been self-employed for most of her adult life, but um, I would say match your resume to the place that you're applying to and make it match your mm-hmm. personality as well. So if I had like a regular resume, not an acting resume, um, and I was applying for a position at a PR firm, let's say... um because that's probably the only job I'd probably ever take. <laughs> is, um, I would make it match my personality. It would be either like, it would be a bright color, yellow or pink. Um, it might have pop-up features to it, like really funny and it would match my personality. It wouldn't be dull because what the mistake that people make when they apply for jobs or even when they get into relationships, honestly, <laughs> is they are waiting to be accepted and that's not what it's about. It's about seeing if it's a good fit, you know and if you can't be yourself on a stupid piece of paper that's a resume, then why do you want to work there? Same thing with a relationship. if you're trying to match them and be who they want you to be, that's not a fit. So you just gotta never be desperate for a job. So that's like maybe another tip is make sure that financially you, kind of have your crap together so that you're not feeling stuck or like you have to accept a position you don't want.
0: I love it. That is fantastic advice. And I couldn't agree more. Um, It's, it's the people that let their personality shine through who are just themselves and and they they show it um, in the interview, but also on paper. Those are the people that stick out. And I love that you put, um, do you say child whisperer? Yeah. Is that one of the things. Yeah, like stuff like that. If I saw that on a resume, regardless of whether it had anything to do with the job or not, I would be like, "I got to talk to this person." And in fact, I have. I've given job interviews to people purely because there was something in their resume that made myself and the other people that were reviewing the application say, "We need to talk to that person," even if they're like not the the best fit on paper.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah, that's all about networking. And you can't, you have to be yourself, you just have to. So but I think the not being desperate part is major. And and I, the students that are graduating with all this debt, that's really putting them in a bad spot, because they're taking on jobs that they don't necessarily want, and it wears them down. And that's just not, not a healthy choice.
0: Yeah. And, and that actually, that's a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you about is what, do you, what does Meredith do to stay grounded? Um, I think there's so much um, there's so much in life that can really uh, pull us away from center, that can pull us away from doing the things that we love and that we're passionate about. And as I look at what you're doing with your podcast and with your acting and your modeling and this, this uh, brand that you're building, you, you seem that you are very grounded and that you have a real vision for what you can become. And so I'm just wondering what you do to help yourself stay focused and grounded.
1: Hmm, I think it's a lot of intentionality and making space to be intentional. You can't be intentional if you're always on a treadmill going 90 miles an hour. You have to take time to stop and go, what do I want? How do I feel? where should I go? What's next? And to ask those questions. So my husband and I will, um, ask those questions together and we, it's, we're okay with moving slower. And I think, uh, that gives us a chance to make steps that are, um, more meaningful, you know, so that it's not just checking boxes. Okay. I graduated college. I, um, Got a house. I have a, you know, I have a mortgage. I've got a nice car, and you know, if those things don't matter to you, then why are you going after them? So we're that family that actually has like a vision board on our refrigerator, um, and we talk about it often. You know, we're looking to buy a house in the next couple of years, and. The, it's not about the house. It's about what kind of life do we want to live. So we love the water, and we talk about we want a boat. Okay, so let's pick a house that's near a boat ramp. So it's really, I think it's that's the key is for us is that intentionality. But then, and everything else stems out from that. So, okay, I want to be happy. Um, how can I be happy on a daily basis, not just on the weekend, okay? That means that I need to not experience any office politics also that makes the world happy because I can't I'm way too mouthy to be regularly employed <laughs> like <laughs> I need to be self-employed in fact the last time one of the last times that I was employed um, I worked for a physical therapy office at the front desk I did all kinds of stuff and there were male therapists there was one female therapist and no two female therapists and I noticed that all of the male, employees, when they wanted time off, they just would leave. Hey, I'm leaving. And they'd go. When the ladies wanted to leave, they had to fill out a form and then oh, like wait for approval. No. Yeah. So obviously that went over great with me. So I wrote, okay, my name, Meredith, reason for wanting time off, real big letters, sex change, turned it in. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go over well with my boss. <laughs> he, I did get talked to, but I never had to fill out a form again and later he got fired. So I <laughs> but it's stuff like that where I just don't handle stuff like that very well. So knowing that, I know that I need to work diligently to to be self-employed in a way that works for my family. So that's that's a huge piece of it and to not wait till The weekend to do things like, you know, yesterday we went. Um, a friend and I went stand up paddle boarding, saw dolphins, all kinds of cool stuff. So, and it was you know Monday. So, yeah, just making every day is a, a by design. Every day is customized.
0: I love that. I think that intentionality that you're talking about is the difference between people having fulfilling lives and lives that they truly enjoy each day and then the type of life where you're just living for the weekend or living for that next break from your day to day and you what you're describing like that is that is the life that I want to lead you know I want mm-hmm. each day to be a day that I don't wake up and say man like I really just can't wait to get to tomorrow i mean mm-hmm. sure there's always going to be those things where like you don't necessarily want to do this project, or you don't want to make that phone call. However, that's that's different than wanting to fast forward five days and get to Saturday. Yeah was was that behavior or, or that mindset that you developed? Was that something you saw modeled in other people, and you said, "I want that"? Or was it something that you came to on your own?
1: I think it was partly how I was raised, and um, you know the the Mary Kay community is really all about all that stuff you know they those ladies they can they know how to lead and they they know how to goal set and plan and vision board it up they you know and my I'm um, third generation if you will so my grandmother um, was a sales director in Mary Kay my mom and then me and um, that is just part of the lifestyle of that subculture you could say. So I definitely learned it from my mom and my grandma. We had goal posters growing up. Like everything was a contest with yourself to beat yourself. I remember being incentivized to do the laundry, like how fast can you do it, <laughs> you know? So that was always a part of it, but it's important to note that that doesn't always mean that things are enjoyable. Sometimes intentionality means that you're going to you know, as they say, embrace the suck for a while, so that you can have something better later, like we live in a tiny house, and by tiny house, I do not mean one of those cute little hipster <laughs> <laughs> you know, has a compost toilet no, no sir <laughs> it's, it's uh it's just a tiny house by by definition, it's six hundred square feet, and uh nice. yeah we it's a we, when we got married, we decided, you know what um we're we got married later in life, and um we wanted to travel and we knew that if we were gonna carve out this life for ourselves that we needed to be out of debt and we had some we had like forty two forty three thousand dollars of debt, and not even anything nice like I dropped out of community college we really didn't have anything good to show for it um so we started we rented the house that we're in knowing that that would help us with that goal. And it was just real interesting with air quotes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I could, I could go on about what I call the special features of the house, but basically it was housing. Um, the landlord, you know, kind of just runs through renters pretty quickly and that's, he's very used to that. And, uh, you know, I'm the kind of renter that landscapes. So they like us a lot. And we like not paying a very high rent and being able to save money and travel and paid off our debt and all the things. It's been really amazing. But that's an example of sacrificing short term to have a long term result that you can live with forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we've kind of taken a a similar approach. Um, We've been renting for the last six or seven years. And people ask us all the time, when are you guys going to get a house? When are you going to get a house? And we're like, well, when <laughs> when it fits into the plan, because right now the plan is to get out of debt. The plan is to be able to travel when we want. The plan is not to go into debt and be, you know, married to a house. And I think what what we're both learning th- through this experience is that, yeah, like there's the things that you know, the, the, the world tells you that you should have, the world says that you should have a house and you should have a job that looks like this and this, and you know, the list goes on, you have all the things that you're supposed to check off the list. But in reality, there is no list. You get to make your own list and you get to determine the kind of life that you want to lead. And it's the people that have taken that ownership and that control back and said, I'm going to define what success means and what, um, what living a a fulfilled life means, those are the people that are really happy, not the people that are just checking the boxes because it's what they've been told they're supposed to do for their whole life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree.
0: Um, I loved how you talked about uh, being a third generation uh, Mary Kay uh, consultant. That's incredible. That's what a neat connection to have with your family. Um, Who was the most influential person for you growing up? (laughs)
1: Hmm. Um, probably my parents, my mom and my dad, um, my mom, um, you know, took a more traditional role. Like, uh, my dad jokes that he, that she raised my brother and I, but it was both of them. Um, but they both had a really unique influence in who we are, both (laughs) biologically and, you know, the nurture side. My dad, um, is the youngest of six kids, you know, very, um, normal Nebraska family, farm family. Um, and he was a stay at home dad for a while and they were, got pregnant when they were 19 and they, you know, weren't married. And, um, and so they had to figure things out really quickly. And there was a lot of innovation that came through figuring things out. So they, uh, started a gym when I was I think five years old so I have all these memories of playing in the gym and you know when I hurt my arm on the playground at school I would call the muscle by its name so I'd be like oh Susie hurt my deltoid (laughs) 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 because it'd be like you're what you mean your arm no then your dealt. (laughs) um, You know, there was some cool things that were unique. He used to weld in the shop and I would be in like that baby carriage and he would put the blanket over and then put up his mask and check on me, make sure I was okay. And I had a pretty bad anxiety as a kid and which is a shame because I feel like I could have achieved so much if I just would have been more confident, but it is what it is. But my mom really helped me with uh, that and ADD. Uh, gave me, I was never medicated. Which looking back, I'm like, are you sure we couldn't have given me a little bit of medicine? <laughs> like, <probably laughs> Just a
0: like, touch to take the edge off.
1: Just a little, little bit. Um, but I have a, a, some really great coping skills, as my counselor friends like to tell me, like, really? You're not medicated at all? You have great coping skills. And I say, is that a compliment? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not. So we have lots of great memories of, um, doing all kinds of crazy stuff as a family. So, and my brother, um, uses a wheelchair. He has cerebral palsy, which, um, having cerebral palsy before the American with disabilities act was real interesting, especially in small town, Nebraska. And so that creates some very, uh, specific and unique memories as well. Um, and vacationing and, and all of that. So yeah, it was good, good times.
0: That's very cool. Um, that's really neat that your parents empowered you and and they taught you those, those lifelong skills that you're still using today. Um, I think about, you know, I think about the things that have been impactful and the things that um, have truly changed the way I see the world. And so many of them come from families. And I love to hear about how other people's families and, and their childhood have impacted them. So thank you for sharing that. I feel
1: um, like I need to bill you now. Like I've had a bit of therapy or something talking about my childhood <laughs> <laughs> bills in the mail.
0: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'll watch for it. Okay.
1: Um, oh, you. wait, you're supposed to bill me. Am I? Supposed, I don't know who, who is building who here, but uh,
0: I don't know. I'm guessing you you're probably uh, sending me a pretty uh, healthy check. So I'm just going to take whatever you send me. Okay, deal. Uh, um. So looking like looking into the future um, for you and, and for what you're doing, what's something that you need to do to take yourself to the next level? I mean, you're already doing incredible things. The podcast is awesome. Um, but what's that, that next step that you need to take?
1: It's funny that you asked me that because I've been asking myself that a lot because my ultimate goal uh, currently, you know, ask me again in three months of my change, but I have looked long and hard at my travel bucket list. And it Mm. is hella long. And my life is not hella long. (laughs) right? like, I'm creeping up on 40. Um, Okay, realistically, if I'm going to see the world, I better get after it. So in order to do that, I need to accept a little bit of integration of life and work in order to experience the world. And really it's not about like things or monuments or whatever. Like I want to meet the people of the world. And that's kind of what my podcast is about is to be curious about those around you, whether they're checking out your groceries or you're next to them on an airplane or whatever the case may be. But I just have this drive to talk with people in other cultures, especially about their daily lives and share it with the world. Because I just think that everyone's missing out if they don't do that. So I would love to uh, somehow get paid to do that somehow get paid for me and my husband to travel. I'm thinking like three big trips a year. And, you know, I kind of have this vision of, us being on set in a country or two, and then me interviewing people um, on camera, and it you know being shared with the world, and so that people would start to humanize other people and and just have a little bit more compassion and curiosity. So I asked myself if somebody came and offered me this job tomorrow, what skills am I lacking? And so it's funny that you would ask me that, Marcus, because I'm like, huh get out of my head. <laughs> um, but I I think that I need to get even better at my Spanish. Um, so I'm going to be working on that. We, I used to meet with, uh, before COVID, I had this group of ladies that we would meet and all speak in Spanish. They thought that they were going to meet and teach white people how to speak Spanish. And then I, I don't know what I thought, but It turns out I'm the only like non-native Spanish speaker. So they kind of tease me like, oh, we're all here for Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, And then I think I need to get dive certified because all those Mm. travel folks on, you know, Travel Channel, Nat, Nat Geo, all those, like they all have their dive cert. And so I'm thinking those are the two things that I might be missing. But to also continue to practice, if you will, by interviewing people on my podcast.
0: Yeah, I think all of those would set you up really well for the, you know, the type of life and the type of adventures that you're looking to have. I want to take us on a quick tangent. I was When I was researching and, and preparing for this, there's an incredible photo on your website of you underwater
1: mm. mm-hmm. and
0: your comment about wanting to get dive certified reminded me of that photo. Um, will you talk about that? Because that looked like a really cool photo shoot.
1: Dude, that was uh, an amazing photo shoot. So on one of my very first shoots, I met a photographer named Ramona Robbins, and I kept shooting with her over and over again. And I just really liked her. And I thought to myself, oh, if I ever get headshots done, I would love to get them done by Ramona. But um, as as great photographers should be, Um, she has a great rate that is outside of my range. And so I kind (laughs) of relinquished the idea that I'd ever get to shoot with her. Um, But one day I commented on one of her pictures on Facebook that was an underwater photo shoot. And she said, oh my gosh, I need to talk to you. And she said, I want to do the shoot at Natural Spring. Florida, If for those who don't know, has an amazing amount of natural spring water uh, all over the state. And it is surreal. It does not look real. It's just so otherworldly and amazing like that photo. But she's also an amazing photographer. So she made um, that look extra amazing, of course. But so immediately I said yes and at the chance to shoot with her. So we went out to that spring on a Sunday and it was hilarious because it looks so peaceful and whatever. That water... Was like fifty degrees, and <laughs> I'm wearing a weight belt, which at first freaked me out, but it was very, very cool. I I really enjoyed it, um, but I was shivering violently, <laughs> and my husband was on set, and Ramona's husband, um, Shane Reynolds, he was on set as well. It, I say set like it wasn't a set. It was like it was a spring, and there were families that were standing around and then I would get out of the water and my dress would be so heavy. I'd be about naked in front of these poor people's children. Like, sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. The nipple. I don't know what to say. I'm real sorry. <laughs> I've like, hurt <Abert> your eyes. I'm <laughs> doing the best that I can. So my husband's like following me trying to cover all my parts, but <laughs> <the dress laughs> falling off and oh my God. But it was such a fun shoot and I'm just so grateful. And Ramona has come become somewhat of a friend and they're just really cool people. So yeah, it was an amazing shoot.
0: The photos were incredible. So everyone go on to Meredith's website. The link is in the show notes and go to her model behavior link and you can see the photo that we're talking about. It's really cool. Um, I think we've been dancing around this long enough. So I I think we should just talk about your podcast. I I know that my listeners, because of the conversations that I have, are going to love the kinds of conversations you're having. Um, I want to know, how did you come up with the name? And, and why do you call yourself the Curious Introvert? And then we'll dive into some of your guests that you've had.
1: Well, I wanted to just call the podcast the Curious Introvert, but mm. it turns out there's a lot of podcasts with the word curious in it. And because of my direct sales experience, I feel like I'm pretty um, purposeful in how to promote a brand. I know, I you know, I have some experience. So I knew right away that Findability, if you will, is going would be important. So, a lot of the word curious, but not a lot of the word Meredith. So, by making it Meredith for real, the curious introvert, it was just more searchable. Uh, I didn't really necessarily want my name to be a part of it, but but the Meredith for real is just um, representative of that's what you get, and it's the randomness of my personality that i think that the right people the people that are right for my show and whatever i think that they appreciate it i when i run into people in real life they almost immediately comment about oh my gosh what are you up to now cuz it's usually pretty random but i like that part of my life you know i like trying new things and oh now we're going to go um uh we went to a a shooting range, but for bow and arrows, which I know you appreciate all that stuff. Um I
0: right up my alley.
1: Yeah, it was one of my listeners. Like I, I talked about how I shot a bow and arrow on Thanksgiving. Um, and but it was like a it wasn't a recurve. It was the other kind and a compound. A compound, thank you. And uh and she said, Well, do you wanna come with us? And it ended up being this amazing moment and the guy that made the bow and arrow like the bow he was there and he <laughs> was like showing us how to do it it was incredible so because i'm so random the name needed to be kind of broad in order to encompass um a lot of wiggle room and then the curious introvert part is because i really am an introvert in the way of how i get my energy i recharge my energy by being alone and by just yeah watching Netflix, being in nature, um, going to the mall, for example, super draining for me, but I'm super curious. And my FOMO is like clinical level. My husband, (laughs) Joe, he's like on your grave. It will say she died of FOMO (laughs) because she couldn't leave the thing alone or whatever. It's true. Um, so I'm, I'm always curious about people and I want to know, like, where'd you come from? Where are you going? (laughs) So that's why it's the curious introvert.
0: Maybe you could uh, clarify this for people because I think a lot of people think, oh, introverts don't like to be around people and extroverts do. But you made a, a really important distinction that I don't know if a lot of people are aware of. Would you dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, it, it's not necessarily that you hate society if you're an introvert. Although I think everyone kind of defines their own personal introversion, maybe mm. specifically. But from a you know textbook kind of definition, it means how you get your energy. Extroverts get energy and they get ramped up from being around people. Introverts get ramped up by doing something alone or with like one or two people so it doesn't mean that you're shy or soft-spoken a lot of people who are performers or um, you know kind of in that world a lot of them are introverts a lot of youtubers are introverts so it doesn't have anything to do with how you feel about other people it just means how you take care of yourself
0: yeah, and I, I learned about this um, from my wife, actually. So she is the, the person at the party who's going around making sure everybody's drink is filled and that they're having fun and this and that. And by the end of it, she will just be drained. And she is, like you, um, like very outgoing. She wants to know about people and she wants to make sure that people are taken care of and happy, but she gets fulfilled during that alone time. And that's what charges her batteries. Um Yeah, it's it's fascinating. And I'm glad that there's more conversations about what what being an introvert and being an extrovert actually mean. Because I misidentified myself for a really long time, thinking I was one thing. And then um, in just having conversations with her, I'm like, Oh, this is what this actually means. And oh, I understand myself a little bit better now.
1: Yeah. And the the curious part is not exclusive to extroversion and that's why Mm. those two words together are important because for me because being curious is not just a quirk it's it's a it's something that we should all cultivate and it it is the beginning of all new perspective gained it's the beginning of uh, learning about somebody else other than yourself. If you're not curious about others, you're not even paying attention to others. And if we can be more curious, if we lead with curiosity with people who disagree with us, with people who look different than us, with people who do things different than us, then I think it <laughs> really will make the world a better place. It sounds so cheesy, but I. I really do believe it. So my goal with the with each podcast episode is to give the listener just enough that they will go down a rabbit trail on Google and it will open up their mind to a new idea, a new person, a new subject, or maybe even a story. And then that will begin the snowball of a habit. So when they meet someone in real life, that they will have something to springboard off of. Not everyone is a good question asker. And being in direct sales for so long, I would go into people's homes. And in the first five or 10 minutes, my goal was to make them feel like I was their long lost girlfriend from high school, and that we would be laughing and joking and have inside jokes, you know, by the end of 40 minutes. <laughs> and I I was able to do that and, but not everyone's good at that. Not everyone has a job where they can even practice that. So I also hope that the listeners will hear how I ask questions and maybe even hear how I listen and be able to emulate that whenever they see an opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you said that it's a practice because it is definitely a a skill that people can cultivate. So if you feel, like you are not a curious person or that you, you know, don't, don't feel super interested in what your next door neighbor has to say. That's something you can practice and that's something you can get good at. And you, and definitely don't put yourself into a box of thinking, oh, I'm not good at this. So I guess I should just, you know, let that one go because it is, it is a learned skill. I like that you said that people, um, some people, it does come more naturally for. and you know, bless those people because (laughs) it is, (laughs) it it is not something that comes very naturally for me, but it's something that, that I've had to practice and I'm still practicing. And, and I think that if I can learn to do it, any of you can learn to do
1: it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's never too late.
0: Yeah. What's a powerful lesson that you've learned from one of your guests?
1: Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. A powerful lesson. I'm looking at the list of guests that I've had. And some really good ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Oh, you know what? What? Who's mm, that's hard. I like had three all at once. Okay. Um, I will say now he's my cousin he's my husband's cousin but he's legit like you you know the podcast isn't meredith and friends like i do interview people i don't know but um (laughs) jason edwards it's episode um uh, episode 19 18 and 19 and he he did um like 10 11 years in prison um for a violent crime and uh Real young in prison, turned his life around and owns a multi million dollar dollar business. His ability to, excuse me, to um, figure things out really inspires me because he he was in prison and he just would read all these books on every subject and he just decided that he would learn and he went to prison before there was Google. And then he got out and there was Facebook and Google. Can you imagine?
0: That sounds crazy. I can't even wrap my mind around that.
1: Right. We're so integrated into using those. And he was so excited. He's like, wait, are you telling me? I can literally learn about anything on the internet and then YouTube. Like he didn't really use YouTube (laughs) or anything. So, you know, he, he just has a drive about him and, um, I really admire that. And then the other one is, um, Sarab so Tav- I always say his name wrong. Um, Tavakali. and he's from Tehran, Iran. And that was um, episode twenty-eight. But he is the guy that like always pushes boundaries and asks why not, and that also sticks with me because it's easy when you get nervous about something to tell yourself why you can't do something. Because it makes your f- self feel better, but he's the guy that always pushes boundaries and asks, "Well, why can't we do that? Let's let's figure this out. Let's how do we um, work around it?" And he's always willing to make something bigger and better, which is uh, not necessarily my nature. I'm kind of like, "Oh, let's let it stay small and controllable. <laughs> That's safe." Uh, so I really admire those qualities. Really, each guest has taught me something, and. I sometimes this is not a clinical statement, but sometimes I hear their voices in my head. <laughs> like, um, you know, uh, especially with this COVID stuff. I had a mental health expert on the show and she said, anxiety is extra energy. That was uh Phaedra to give her a shout out. She's incredible. Um, that was episode 24. Um, she would say, if you're having anxiety, if you're having, you know, your heart heart is beating faster. That's energy. You have to give it a place to go. Do push ups. Do sit ups. Run, and I, that came in handy last week. I had kind of an anxiety moment. I don't call it an attack. It was like I drank a Red Bull really fast. Like, it, like if if one would drink a Red Bull through like a beer funnel, that is how my heart fell. <laughs> it was just not a great moment, and um, I went for a run, and I felt really great afterwards. And so it's, I kind of sometimes wonder if the podcast is an elaborate self-improvement program for myself.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll just speak from personal experience. It is for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like there's so much to learn from other people and all, like I said earlier, all the great lessons in my life have come from other people either modeling it or speaking it into my life. And so, yeah, I want, I'm selfishly having people on to become a better person. I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> it's, it is, uh, I think it's a very common thing for podcasters. I mean, we are naturally, uh, people that have questions and we want to know things and we want to learn from other people. And, um, I have shared this before, but one of the main reasons I started this podcast was because I was learning so much and I was having great conversations. And I was walking away from all these conversations saying, man, I wish I'd recorded that because I would love to have mm-hmm. shared that with so and so. Yeah. And that really motivated me to start podcasting. Hmm.
1: That's really comforting to me to know that I'm not the only person that that has happened to. I just thought, wow, I must be that messed up that I need that much help. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but maybe we're just creatively helping ourselves and that's okay.
0: I think so. Um, and I look at some of the big podcasters, people like Lewis Howes or Joe Rogan or Aubrey Marcus, like people that have like really massive followings and for them it was a lot of that as well. Obviously there was some, you know, really strategic marketing plans. However, <laughs> uh, a lot of it was them wanting to to learn and have conversations. So, no, mm-hmm. you you're totally cool. You you're like the rest of us. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I one of my favorite questions to ask people and I've been really excited to ask you th- this question is what is something that you wish people would ask you?
1: Oh my gosh, I asked my guests that same thing. Really? Yes. No way. No way. Dude.
0: <laughs> How have I missed that?
1: No, oh I, don't, I don't ask them it on mic, I ask them off mic. Um, I do oh. like like a week. week or two sometimes before we record I do a um, like a pre-podcast video chat and that way if they are recorded with you know via zoom or something we can dial in technical parts of it but get out any nerves any jitters but I also ask them what would you want what do you want to talk about that people aren't asking you about Mm -hmm. and so it's crazy that you're asking me that and I'm totally don't even know the answer (laughs) 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 <laughs> um hmm I I do love talking about podcasting. So I think I think you're you're on point with that. So hmm you know you know what's funny is I don't uh, there's not a lot that I don't want to talk about. So yeah, you kind of can't go wrong with that. I think um the only thing that I don't get to talk about very much is some of the more, uh, I don't know if technical is the right word, behind the scenes parts of podcasting. I do love talking about, let's talk about the marketing and let's talk about, um, you know, what's your plan for your podcast and, you know, why are you doing it? And um, I, I like PR. I like advertising stuff. Um, you know, do you want sponsors? I, I really dig all that. And I don't, I don't get to talk about that very much. So that that's probably up on the list. Um, so I, because of that, I have connected with some other podcasters in my area, in my town. Surprisingly, I don't know if you've experienced, have you met other podcasters where you live?
0: Not in person? No.
1: Really? Cause how big well, uh, it, it, Helena, am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay, because we have You're the only one that has said that, right? <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Um, is it how big is it?
0: Um, Helena itself is about 45,000 people, but with the like the well, they usually measure by the county. So the county's got about 70,000 people in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty small. Well, that's really similar to Pensacola. That's where I live in the Florida Panhandle. And there are, um, probably there I I could name 12 podcasters and so I kind of did a podcaster meetup just to meet the other podcasters in the area and not even all of them came and there was 12 of us so you could have you could have a secret cache of local podcasters to nerd out with who knows yeah
0: and and I love that idea of doing a meetup because I think so frequently we operate kind of on islands. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I are involved in different online groups and whatnot. And, and as you just shared, you're doing your, your meetup, but I'm a a perfect example of someone that, um, hasn't meeting up with other people. So yeah, maybe I need to organize a meetup here in Helena.
1: It's pretty fun. We only did one. It was right before the COVID stuff came to town or whatever. Um, so we haven't had a chance. We're supposed to do another one uh tomorrow night, but i don't I don't think anybody can come because it's it's like all right, we're gonna meet in an open air park, bring your own everything i don't think people mm. are really that excited about it but um yeah, it is nice. It is nice to talk to just compare notes um about equipment to compare notes about how do you promote your podcast without feeling spammy all those things that you can't really um talk to anybody who isn't a podcaster about cuz they would just be bored to tears
0: yeah <laughs> yeah there's there's i mean you highlighted some of the the questions that podcasters have and you're right like if you're not doing it you you're like really like why would you why would you be afraid to share it it's like well like cuz there's a lot of podcasters out there sharing it and as you said you don't want to be spammy um so it is nice to be able to talk to other people that understand those challenges.
1: Yeah. If you ever want to talk like marketing talk for podcasting, I y- just, just call me <laughs> I'm there. <for> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, love I, it. I do, I,
0: I do want to ask you while I've got you on here, marketing in this, in this day and age is one of the most crucial things that any business owner can do. Um, what do you, what do you tell people when they ask you about marketing? Like, what is your advice for them? I I realize that's a big answer, but is there like an elevator pitch on marketing on marketing?
1: (laughs) The broad question. So if somebody was asking me like in general, or if they had a a podcast or like an online business.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I come to you and I say, Meredith, I'm really struggling with knowing where to start with marketing my podcast. Mm -hmm. What do you have any advice for me?
1: Yeah, I would say there's three things and in this order, create good content, um, have guests because that expands your circle of influence because every guest is a new set of people that you don't necessarily have access to, that they have access to. And um, I think the third one is Uh, remember nobody thinks about you as much as you think about you so Mm -hmm. it's okay to share on multiple platforms make it unique content though just in case there is somebody on all those platforms Uh, but make it thoughtful content it's better to not post anything than to post something that's trash you know so you know and just and maybe the fourth tip would be Consider start with the end in mind. Think about what's your goal with that. If your goal is just to have a good time, then don't look at the stats. You don't need to know. <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> um, if you're, you know, if your goal is to get advertisers and you know make some money or at least make enough money to cover the cost of whatever it costs you to produce it, then then yeah, maybe be a bit more strategic. But yeah, that that's the advice that I would give.
0: That's fantastic. And that ties us, well, that brings us in this perfect circle of what we were talking about earlier, being really intentional and um, identifying what you want your business or your life to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know that, then um, the rest of it is just kind of wasted motion. Um, Totally. I I love that that's your your advice. Cause I think it's, it's the most important thing that we can do in this life is to figure out what it is we want. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, do you want to add in anything else about your podcast rap podcasting in general, or anything else we talked about before I put you through the ringer of my random questions?
1: Ooh, I'm excited. Um, I would just say, you know, um, meet somebody new today. Like that's, Uh, interesting right now since we're all quarantined but you and I are evidence that you can still meet somebody new today and when you do that it um, opens up a whole new world to you and you can create friendships and memories every place you go and they those relationships become the bridge to those physical places which may not be ex- as exciting for everyone as it is for me. But when you, when you uh, don't just pass by somebody, then you just never know what can happen. When we were in Nicaragua at staying at a hostel, we met a, um, a couple from, he's from Germany. She's from Amsterdam. And we've created such a good friendship with them. And then now they live in Germany now we'll go to Germany, you know, we, and we're in Costa Rica. We met some people in Sweden. We'll go back to Sweden. We made friends in Costa Rica. We've gone back and stayed with them in Costa Rica. Same with Nicaragua. You know, it's just like, it's kind of what brings everyone together is that's where you have to start. So it makes the world a smaller place in a good way when you are willing to break the ice.
0: I love it. That is that is such great advice. Thank you for adding that on. Um, yeah, I have no words. That's perfect. <laughs> we're just gonna leave. We're gonna leave it like that.
1: <laughs> Deal.
0: Um, okay. So if you're a first time listener, or in Meredith's case, a first time caller, at the end of every episode, I have a list of random questions that have absolutely nothing to do with anything important, but they're just fun to to talk about. So, um, I. I like to tell people there's no wrong answer. Don't overthink it. Just whatever comes to mind is probably the right answer. So you ready? Ready. Cool. You are in Florida. So I'm going to tailor this one a little bit. You have to fight 100 uh, duck-sized alligators Mm. or one alligator-sized duck.
1: Mm. I hate birds. Bring on the alligators
0: do you have any pets? No. Okay. Well, this will like, be good. If, then. Unless
1: you count like the squirrels outside and like the tree frogs, I do talk to them like they are my pets. So you, <laughs> I'll let you decide if that's a pet.
0: This is perfect. Uh, what animal would you want to be able to hear?
1: To hear like hear yeah, the right. voice.
0: Yep. You get to hear what the squirrels or the tree frogs or the alligators. I just think Florida is covered in alligators. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs>
1: <but> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you're kind of not wrong. Um, wow. So I could like do a podcast episode with them. Um, yeah. I would want to talk to a dolphin.
0: Oh, why a dolphin?
1: They're so smart. They're intuitive. They, you know, when you read about their brains, there's parts of their brains that are present in the human brain, but they're larger and more active, and um, they show um, sense of self. And, you know, actually, most animals have sense of self, which is really interesting. That means if you look into a mm. mirror and you put a hat on the dolphin, and the dolphin's looking in the mirror, the dolphin will take the hat off his off his head instead of thinking, "Oh, the person in the mirror has a hat." So gotcha. I think they would do that test with a dolphin but that'd be a little that'd <laughs> be I'd want to watch that but um but yeah I'd want to I'd want to just talk to a dolphin cuz I think that they're I think they know things
0: Oh for sure there's no way that dolphins don't know more than they're letting on
1: Yeah I bet they got some juicy whale gossip
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yes <laughs> uh. Okay. If I, if you were to open your phone up right now, what would be your most used emoji?
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't me look like for real. Sure. Yeah. What's my most used emoji when I do the memory thing, right? Yep. (laughs) The first one that comes up is an exasperated emoji face. And then it's an upside down smile face. Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh okay. Um you you're super curious. What's something new you want to try?
1: Uh diving.
0: Hmm. You can only listen to Justin Bieber or Nicki Minaj for the rest of your life. Which one are you picking?
1: Uh my girl Nicki.
0: Nice. Uh what's one book everyone should read?
1: Mm. <laughs> one book. Oh, um, okay. The first one that came to mind is Fierce Conversations. I don't, that know the author. I don't know the author. I, I don't remember. I'll look it. it up. Yeah. Fierce Conversations. It's about how to have honest conversations with the people around you. Um, pretty helpful.
0: Cool. I will link to that in the show notes. People can go check it out and I will add it to my ever-growing book list.
1: Oh, me, I feel you.
0: Yeah. Um, who would you want to back you up in a bar fight?
1: Hmm. Oh, my dad.
0: <laughs> Your dad owns the gym. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. He
1: looks like a lumberjack, like picture the most angry redheaded man you can envision. <laughs> and that is how my father. So and he he's very muscular. He benches. I think I think he benched like 500 pounds. And he's ridiculous. So that is the family that I come from. Like we are Vikings. Let's be real.
0: That is awesome. Okay, this is no commentary on your father, who I've never met. <laughs> but when you said when you said picture an angry redhead, the thing that popped into my mind is the guy from Frozen who. um the sales guy who's having the big summer blowout.
1: I've never seen Frozen.
0: You've never seen Frozen? Oh, mm-hmm. man. Okay. Well, you should go watch it, and then okay. you'll know who I'm talking about. I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Um, if you could have one thing be free forever, what would it be?
1: Mm-hmm. You know the first thing that came to mind? Toilet paper. Nice. Yeah.
0: I like it. Yeah. It's a solid choice. Mm-hmm. What is the most played song in your phone right now, however, you listen to music. What do you listen to right now?
1: Um, 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 um uh, Louis Fonsi. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and it's called. Oh my god, I can't remember it. Um, Calypso. Mm,
0: that's a good one.
1: You know that one?
0: I do know that one. Yeah, I listen okay, to a lot. Of I won't lie. Stuff.
1: I did not expect a white kid in Montana to know what I was to know about that song. <laughs> no offense.
0: Well, we will not go down this rabbit hole today, but I've lived in Hawaii, California, Georgia, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania. I'm sure I'm forgetting oh. somewhere Utah. So, um, my, my music taste is fairly eclectic. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but Luis Fonsi, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, last question. Who besides you, because obviously everybody should go follow you. Um, but who else on uh, social media should people follow right now?
1: Well, I would say follow Pensacola vibes, some really great uh, pictures, scenery, uh, just really kind of showcases the lifestyle of especially, um, you know, our area is super unique. So it it really shows that and yes, I I do know the guy that runs the account so special plug Next. for him
0: yeah um, he's gonna have all
1: these like montana followers now <laughs>
0: no that's fantastic and that's one of the things that um my wife and i love to do is when we're going to a new place is look up kind of the local mm-hmm. like uh, an account like pensacola vibes um because you really get an insight into the community into the people um so i'm gonna have to go check that out right so we'll link to that in the show notes for people um Meredith, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. Um, You're a fascinating person, and I'm really glad that you uh, stepped into the podcast space so that we could all learn from you and from your guests. Um, Is is there anything else you want to add? Plug your show. Where can people find you? Anything like that before um, the final question?
1: Oh, final oh, the final question. Um final question. Is that when I get voted off the island.
0: <clears throat> no, definitely not. I'm
1: curious. <laughs> uh yeah, you can find me on all the suspect places. Uh my podcast is on ten different apps and on YouTube, and it's Meredith for Real, the curious introvert. So very easy to find. Um also Instagram is kind of a an interesting collection of my podcast thoughts, my beachy lifestyle, and my modeling. So you kind of get a nice, uh, you know, buffet, if you will, of who is Meredith on my Instagram, which is Meredith for real. So it's and that's F O R, not the number four, because it's twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like it. And if your listeners have not already realized how much you sound like Steve Ranella, that's the other thing that I need to say. I feel like I feel like that is the elephant in the room of how much you sound like him and, and he lives where you live. So everyone needs to know that you could be like a voice dub for him.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if Steve Rinella ever gets laryngitis, then uh, they know who to call. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. That's, that's a really nice compliment. Um, for those of you who don't know who Steve Rennell is, go look him up, but I'm, I'm blushing over here. So I'm glad I'm not on camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, Again, thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure for me. Um, At the end of every episode, I ask all my guests this question because it's the question that I'm exploring in my life. Um, And that question is, what does it mean to you, Meredith, to live an authentic life?
1: It means liberating myself from what anybody else thinks and never being afraid to start from scratch.
0: I love it. Again, Meredith, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you also. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Everyone, thank you for uh, tuning in and for keeping us company today.